Blog Talk Radio. Divided, 
divided we fall. Divided we fall. United we stand. United we stand. Think about greatness. Think about greatness. Your history. Your history. Without my people. Without my people. Without my people. I would not want to be. Without my people. I would not want to be. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network called Black All News on You for Thursday, July 12, 2012. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts, Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book One 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. We began broadcasting in 2009, and I'm going to see if the chairman can get how many shows we completed up until this time. It's been a good experience. I learn each and every time we join together here to speak with folks from around the country. I've been working on CBB and Business Journals, which features interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world. That's a half-an-hour broadcast. And you can listen to those shows right here on our network Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're not booking for every day, but you can also listen to all of our shows in our archives right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. I've also been working on the broadcast for my book, and that show is called Can You Answer the Tough Questions? We broadcast those shows on another network, but we will be playing them uh, back on this network. You just want to see if you can answer the tough questions. For more information on the book, and we'll talk about my book a little bit later, you can go to askingourselvesthetoughquestions.com. Tonight's segment is all about authors, nonfiction. We simply posted info on Facebook and around the social media a little bit. Sent out some emails and requested authors to call in and tell us about their books. It's been such such a, a busy week for me. I didn't have time to personally, well, probably till about 25 hours, I guess, to personally reach out and talk to the people that I wanted to. But it's an open show, and it's all about you. If you're an author anywhere in the world, you can go to our show page, which is Chicago's Black Business Radio Network dot com and share your information about the book and you can call in to us at three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. We open up the show with I Love My People by Mr. Oba William King. And you know for some reason I don't get tired of listening to this song. I really, really love that song. Although I love my people sometimes. That was just us arts dot org. That's Mr. Oba William King. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. That's a good song, though. That is really a nice song. 347-326-9477. I don't want to take any way, anything away from it. It is really a great song. The chat room is open. I was on my job on that tonight. You can leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Thank you for stopping by the chat room also. That's how we connect. If you have any questions for us or if we have a few authors that call in and you have questions for them, you can put those in the chat room as well. 
Let's thank our guest from last week, Mr. Harold Arnold, with six years in American Invesco Realty. He was here with us. He is a Chicagoan. Harold has been to the summits, and he's been to our networking events, and we appreciate all of his support. Mr. Arnold knows Chicago real estate, so we certainly appreciate his perspective. We we thank him for joining us. For more information, visit Harold Arnold at Chicago City Home Sales. Let me say that again for you, ChicagoCityHomeSales.com. Also, out of L.A. was meant Shante Bridges. Uh, when you go into real estate, when I go back in real estate, that's who I'm going to uh, try and follow in the footsteps of. She, uh, she's she been doing this about 18 years. I believe she said 18 years she's been in the real estate business. And she has definitely progressed. She has constantly progressed and grown in the business. She wasn't just in the business. She uh, handled her business, as they said. She has personally interviewed Oprah Winfrey, Donald Trump, John Travolta, Jennifer Hudson, and the former United States President Bill Clinton, and many, many more. Uh, And we did talk about those things on the show with her, uh, Ryan. We did go into that with her. So it it was a good show. It really was. And we appreciate Ms. Bridges taking the time to be with us. You can visit her at LosAngelesRealEstateNow.com. And I'll say that for you again. LosAngelesRealEstateNow.com. Thank them both for being with us. We always appreciate our guests and appreciate them sharing everything. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Let's welcome our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. Let me get him on here. Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Sonia. How about yourself? And uh, good to be here. Um, you know, it's been a busy day and a crazy yesterday, but I heard that you had a real good day yesterday with uh, Mr. Charles Dutton on the uh, movie The Obama Effect. And uh, not only that you had to talk, but you also had a chance to see the movie. I missed out on that. Yeah, are you going to tell our listeners why you list out late, missed out later on, or are you not going to tell them? Should I, should I tell my listeners that? You think that's yeah, you tell, you, you tell them why you missed the whole day, why you never showed up, and then I tell them about the whole day later on. Yeah, you go ahead and tell them about how much you love your Oh, you it, it's crazy, but see, in the, in the, when we start the radio program off, you have the song, I Love My People. So I'm going to stick to that theme, I love my people, even though in the midst of going to see Mr. Charles uh, Denton and to uh, join the other crowd, I got mugged on my way to the event. That is, that was crazy. I mean, um, I mean, I actually got into a fist fight and a brawl, and uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so it was a bunch of some young guys uh, around about in their early 20s. Uh, uh, they seen me coming with my laptop. They wanted it, and they got it. Uh, but I can still go along with our introductional uh, theme, I love my people, regardless of what happened to me. So well, I'm so happy for The word is out there. Yeah. 
Tell her where you were. You were on 83rd and Ashland? Uh, 84th and Ashland. I was on 84th and Ashland walking down the street and, uh, in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I was pointed out, you know, carrying my laptop on me. And they just uh, made their direction to um, uh, start a conversation, uh, to loosen me up, uh, you know. And I still got that theme of I love my people, so I'm definitely going to talk to my young brothers. And as I did so, they caught me at a weak moment. They grabbed my bag, and I grabbed it back, and we started to wrestling. And they put me into a position, and uh, uh, it wasn't uh, uh, surprisingly, I I think through the whole process, it, it was a prize that it was happening to me. And so that was the situation. Uh, yeah, but I'm still in that position of I love my people, but I don't know what I'd do if I see the guy again. You'll just love him, won't you, Chim? You'll just love yeah, him. Yeah, I'm just going to have to love him. I'm just going to have to love him. I'm going to ask him what happened to my laptop, but I'm still going to have to just love him. You know, you, you, you it go. just one of those. You know, so it, it, it happens. And uh, I can understand the frustrations when people say, well, they're going to give up on black folks. Um, but we, we cannot give up on people part of our business, so I'm going to continue to be a part of that. Uh, I love my people regardless of the ill and the meanness that does exist on these streets. And what surprised me about it, this was about uh, 12.30 in the afternoon. It wasn't 12.30 at midnight, 12.30 uh, a.m. when this all happened on my way to the uh, to the Baba of Tech. <laughs> of all places mm. So mm. Yeah it, it was pretty interesting Pretty interesting starting. So it, it, with it, all that it, drama How was your so drama without, Was it a comedy drama Or what was it No before Before I do that I'm not going to get off that yet. Before I do that, I am going to talk about the Obama effect and the community conversation. But you know I'm the author of Black America asking ourselves a tough question. Question number one, I'm going to have to read it to the audience because it relates to what happened to you and what happens to people all through our community, across the country, across the world. It applies, don't only apply to black people. It just applies, Okay. Question number one, uh, Black and Black asked ourselves a tough question, just to tell you a little bit. It's, it's my book. It's a five-part series. It's the first book that was published in 2010. The second book will be the 2012 experience, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But there are 82 questions, and that's what we do. We ask Black America the tough questions. And you've heard this question before, and it, it to me is very applicable to what happened to you yesterday. Question number one, without going into a whole dialogue about what the book is about, imagine that you are a black man, and the year is 1955. You're walking down the street in a community known as Bridgeport in Chicago, and four white men pull up beside you in a Chevy. Are you afraid? The year is 1964, and you are a young black man driving down a dark road on your way to Meridian, Mississippi, with two Jewish associates. When you see the bright lights of a car in your rearview mirror, then you see a flashing red light and know that it is a police vehicle. 
Do you feel safe or are you forever regretful? As a black man in the year 2012, you're driving through Chicago's Inglewood community and you quite appropriately stop at a stop sign before you can pull out four black men pull up next to your car. Are you scared? Where do you, as a black American, feel safe? Where do you feel threatened? And why are we still afraid, Mr. Carter? Well, I look at it. Yeah, you asking me to answer that question? Uh, is that a question to me, Sonia? Yes. I think it is a. There are stereotypes in all the situations of asking the tough question. Um. I do. I did think about after a few hours after what happened to me. I do recall uh, Jesse Jackson asking himself that tough question: When he walks down the street, is he more nervous if there was some black youth walking behind him or some white youth? And he indicated that he was more nervous or afraid if there was some black youth walking behind him than white youth. Um, being down Mississippi um, and a red light starts shining, I'm still nervous personally. I see police walking down the street when I'm just walking down the street uh, because I know and have experienced what they have done uh, to me personally. And I can say that I have had more personal drama happen to me personally from the police than I had youth on the street. I've had maybe about four to five personal encounters with the police, physically personal encounters with the police. And that was the first time I had a personal encounter with a thug on the street. So personally, I still feel a little hesitant, even though after what happened to me yesterday, I called the police, I got in the squad car, and I went around comfortably with the police uh, trying to identify what happened to me. But at the same time, my experiences has been more confrontation with the police than black youth. I do engage myself personally to talk to the youth, uh, but I think that black youth, those youth took advantage of me engaging in conversation with them that I let my guard down. So they sized you up. At, pardon? They sized well, I showed them a copy of the uh, of the paper. I showed them. I let them know who I was, a newspaper mm-hmm. publisher, the chairman of Black Wall Street. Uh, but they, before they realized that, they still had their motivation. They still had exactly what their mission was in making that attack. Uh, and I believe it's the same thing with a, a police officer. Uh People do sum up on who and how they're going to attack an individual. Um, rather, there is a position of power 
for a position of thinking that they can seize the power. So the tough question is, do I feel more threatened in approaching black youth? I still have an hesitance of the police, but I still have a somewhat trust in the police once I call on the truth police to assist me. But at the same time, the police did take themselves maybe about a half an hour upon me calling to ask them to come and uh, assist me. So that means that the guy that uh, attacked me, he was long gone. Uh, so the tough question is, I'm still stuck with our theme song. I love my people. And I'm not going to let that incident uh, distract me from the mission and goals that we have to fulfill. So wonderful. So wonderful. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, author of the Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. And he was just answering tough question number one out of the book. Well, this is uh, a couple of things. I am going to get to the Obama effect. I don't have any calls on the uh, line right now. I am going to get to a, the Obama effect, but I want to say one thing. Um, that's very kind of you because I will still be uh, looking for them. But anyway, uh, people don't generally well, mess with Well, the police me. made an indication. <laughs> the police did say this, and I don't know how they had their assumption, but they made a point that I will run into the individuals again. You know, they Absolutely. said it is most common that I will. Now, yep. I have no uh, anticipation of doing so, but the police indicated that the odds are that you will run into that individual again and do not confront him. But uh, I don't know if that's a sign or don't, but for the most part, yes, I will confront. Um, well, so, I would yeah, say this. The police gave you good advice. They gave you good advice. I wouldn't tell you otherwise because I'm not I'm not you and you not me. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. But me, i still be looking for them because they don't go far from where they do their little crimes. It's not like where they piss on their little spot, they stay around there, okay? They're not far. They're not far. They don't have good sense enough to be doing anything else. But I'm going to put it to you like this. Uh, generally, I'm a little bit tougher. I'm a little bit meaner than Ryan. Ryan got a kind heart. I don't. But anyway, I'm not afraid of young black men, young black women, or any of that. Uh, I'm not afraid of them. I don't care about care. I've been young, and sometimes I don't, and I'm old now. Sometimes I don't always conduct myself, you know, properly. And yeah, sometimes I have reason for that. But and and I've been young, and so I can see some of it, but I don't see the terrorist, you know, activity that they do in the community. I can see them acting out in some of the things that they do because that's what young people do. That, that's how they break out of their youth, but they grow up and they change. You're talking about 20-year-old men, 20-year – you're not talking about boys that attack you. You're talking about 20-some-odd-year-old men walking up to the street attacking a, another man. You see what I'm saying? Right, and when I'm in a, um, uh, those monitoring things around the ankle, 
Mm-hmm. That don't work for me. That you know that that you not they not a child. There's no excuse, and they need to be taken care of. And I, you know, I ain't shooting nobody. I ain't never been to jail. I ain't shot nobody. But I ain't taking all of that mess off nobody either. But I'm not afraid of young people. I'm not afraid of young people. I conduct myself like I'm afraid of them. Uh, I'm just not that intimidated by them. I ain't gonna be stupid because I don't want nobody hurting me. But I'm just I don't feel intimidated by them. I'm not afraid if they're walking down the street. Uh, where I am. I go sit up here on the church stairs. I don't want them sitting all around me, but here they come, sitting all on the church stairs. But they got a right to sit on the church stairs, too. I'm just having me a moment on my way from the grocery store. But here they all in the head. Here they come. They're just all over the church stairs. Well, they're not really bothering me that much, okay? They're they okay. They're okay with me. But uh, I still think that I don't feel terrorized by them. I don't feel that they're going to attack me. I don't feel intimidated by them. Uh, I can see the expressions of the white people when they group up and walk by. I can see the expression on their face, and I know sometimes why, because they got the drawers hanging off of them, some of them, not all of them, you know, not all of them, you know. they got these expressions on their face when they come by. They don't really want them in this community. I live in Rogers Park. You could see, I can tell because I'm watching. I'm just watching it. And then the black people got the same expression, too. They, they express it no different from the white people. They don't want them here either. Nobody wants them, the post thing. Nobody wants them, you know. But I'm uh, not intimidated by it, not afraid of them. You know, you just have to be careful of them. My thought is everybody know what everybody's doing, and they know who the dogs are in their community. And if you're going to let them dog your community out, your city, your state, your country, whatever it is, you're going to let them dog you out, then you just you just be dogged out. Cause see, well, you can't, I don't think it's a matter of You just can't let people down. just go around preying on people. No, you don't just walk on walk all around. Cause you no, have to well, you know, there's a, there's a situation that people say uh, stop black on black crime with black on black love. I take that to the position that no. black on black crime is no more than Crime that is convenient for an individual. So it just so happens that if you live in a black community, it's more convenient for you to do crime at your convenience. And it just so happens to be black folks. It's the same way with white folks. I don't care for that word convenient. I don't think people should. Well, it is convenient. Crime is a a convenience of anyone. For anybody, well, well, if they you're going to do a crime, if you're going to rob a bank, huh? you're going to rob a bank that is convenient for you to rob. You're not going to rob a bank that is inconvenient to rob. You're going to rob a bank that is convenient oh, for on, you. Bro. You can't rob a bank that is fully secure. Why would you? That's stupid <laughs> to go rob a bank and you know it's heavily secure. You go to a bank where it is convenient for you to rob. I'm saying that for any crime. Any crime that you do, you're going to pray on what you feel as though it's weak. You're not going to pray on, it's almost like an animal. You know, uh, you know, maybe a lion would go for a big bull, but a fox would kind of slow down before a fox goes for a big bull. That's, a, that's, that's left up to the, uh, to the lion to jump on the big bull because they know they can handle it. So you go for the weakest point in any type of crime that you do. You don't go for a crime that is questionable. 
I'm saying that as it relates to so-called black-on-black crime. I don't believe in black-on-black crime. I believe on crime that is convenient for you to take advantage of. And also, crime is that it's not convenient to go into a white neighborhood and rob somebody because all they got to do is say, well, he's black, and it's easy to catch you. So you mend in... Right, yeah. They yeah, but they, so they, it's not they, convenient they, 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 mm-hmm. it's not convenient to rob uh somebody in a white neighborhood if you're black. Just like it's not convenient to rob somebody you ain't never heard of no white person coming in the black neighborhood to hand rob somebody. It's just not convenient. You'll be spotted out before you get to one block and the whole neighborhood would jump out and jump on you. So it's not convenient. But they didn't but they didn't jump out and jump crime. on the black men that jumped on you. They're gonna jump on that white man, but they ain't jump on the black men that jumped on you. Look, oh, Correct, you just it was wrong more man. convenient to jump them <laughs> to jump on me. Uh, you know, uh they wouldn't have probably jumped on me if I was in a uh if I was white in a white neighborhood, they wouldn't do it because they'd be spotted very easily. So you do crime based on what is convenient. I'm not a criminal, but I get that much sense that I'm not going to rob a bank that I can't get away with. I'm going to rob a bank that I can get away with. Well, look, so well, let me tell you, yeah. convenient. I don't think they're thinking about convenience, the little cowards. I don't think convenience well, they looked at me. is they came after me, they came after me, because they seen a convenience. They say, I think this guy is convenient to do it. Uh, and they 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 didn't say convenient. They didn't say convenient. I was convenient. Uh, they, it was they just say convenient. They said that with their eyes were booked open, and they say they just was just hungry, and it didn't make no sense if it was convenient or not. Well, then again, there are some people who are like that. You know, people are, they're not looking for convenience. They're looking for the thrill of of victory to make things happen. No, it's highly probable that you will see them again. But this this term convenient, no, I still don't like, I don't like uh, people being at someone else's convenience, although that's how it is, how it works, and that's not how they think. Uh, But it's, you know, it's time for it to be inconvenient for them to walk their tails down the street in a group of three and walk away from a crime. You know, there has to be something. I'm sorry that y'all are children. Y'all are somebody's child, unfortunately. Uh, I don't have any qualms about shooting them in their butt. It, you know, it's somebody's child, but somebody's child. They don't care. Because if they can't, they'd be fine. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty glad that there wasn't no gun in the premises because if I had a gun, I probably would have used it. And if they had a gun, they probably would have used it because that's it, it, how it was happens. a physical confrontation. That's how, things, that's how things go down. And, see, that's how people get shot. I, see, I don't live on the south side. I don't know all the stats. Well, I see it all the time. I don't know all the causes of these confrontations in the street, but I I can almost guess and surmise that some incidents like this are part of it. Everybody not getting okay. shot up in the house. 
you know, people, you attack somebody, they got a gun, you know, they shoot you. I was in the store on the south side once. They ran up and grabbed the man's wallet out of his jacket because they saw him in the store paying for his food, grabbed his, uh, you know, reached his coat jacket and grabbed his wallet. He jumped out with his gun. I wanted him to shoot right. a person. Well, I think what was so, but yeah, he, he, uh, he uh, did shoot him. Hmm? Well, I'm in route. Uh, are we getting ready to go to a break? You in route. So you walking down the street? Yeah. We let, can we go to that break and then let's pick up on this here? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Oh, he's calling for a break now. He never takes breaks. He never takes breaks. He's calling for a break now. Okay. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm sorry, you, Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. That's Ron Carter, me and him going back to forth on black and on black crime. Um I'm just going to say these final words. He's gone. He's going to go. I guess he's coming back into his house. Uh, Black on black crime, you can call it what you are. But when people are going through the communities, I don't care what community it is, any community, you know, and terrorizing and harming people, uh, you can use the word crime if you want to. You can use any word you want to and fill in the sentence as you want to. But if those particular individuals, those particular groups are a physical threat to other people, it's time for you to be eliminated. And I'm sorry I feel like that way, and that's your child, but I'm sorry about it. It's time for you to be eliminated. And then that sends a message, you know, the rest of you probably should find something else to do with your life. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. We're going to go to break one, and we'll be right back. You're listening to WJPCF in Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. Have you ever given any thought to becoming a medical assistant? Join LearnCPRChicago.com on Saturday, July 14th at noon in Woodridge, Illinois, to participate in a free two-year CPR certification class. This event is open to anyone interested in becoming a medical assistant. We invite everyone to register at Dr. Catherine and Associates at Yahoo.com. For more information, go to LearnCPRChicago.com. Like them on Facebook at LearnCPR at Facebook.com. This is a fantastic opportunity that you should share with all of your friends. The Soul of Chicago, WJPCChicago.com. Does your insurance company work for you? Hi, this is Ken Robinson, President and CEO of Ken Robinson & Associates Limited. We are an insurance brokerage firm located at 5963 West Madison Street, Chicago, Illinois. Our phone number is 773-626-0883. We make the insurance experience easier by shopping for you, saving you time and money. Our agency features the best insurance products, giving you the most competitive prices. We insure needs for less, featuring life, health, annuities, homeowners, auto, SR-22, bond cards, business owners' policies, general contractors' liability, and vacant buildings. Now, we also offer coverages most major insurance companies no longer offer. Please call for a free quote at 
1-800-273-0883. Are you the parent of a troubled teen? Or you just want to have a closer relationship with your child? If so, sign up for our free webinar called Five Easy Tips to Effective Communication with Your Teen Right Now, hosted by teen expert Release Henry. Log on to SuccessfulTeenParenting.com forward slash webinar. Walking down the street now is a dangerous thing. There are drug dealers, crack houses, gang members, and crackheads. People fighting, cursing, and killing too. So much chaos, we don't know what to do. But if people only knew that they are hurting little children, if they can only see what our community could be. When in consultation, one, stay calm. Two, try to say something positive. Three, tell the person what's on your mind. Four, ask if the person understands. Five, thank the person for listening if you can. Come on, y'all. Let's be an example. It has to start somewhere. How about now? For more information on ways to prevent violent crimes, contact Totally Positive Productions at 773-488-9553. You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312-217-0652 or visit us on the web at printpowersolutions.com. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. We put out an open call for authors who had been so busy running around yesterday that um, hadn't really did any preparation, so that's okay. We can have a laid-back show. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts and Publishing Editor of the South Street Journal. That was he and I just going around and around there on this black old black crime thing. We're going to move on from that, though. Uh, I think you get my point. My name is Sonia Cassandra Purdue, Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, author of Black America, asking ourselves the tough questions, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. Our caller number is 347-326-9477, and no, I am not south on crime. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Figure when you hurt somebody, then you don't mind getting hurt. This is how we connect. We will be taking questions from the chat room. Um, if you'd like to be a supporter or sponsor a show, call us at 773-609-2226, 773-609-2226. want to tell you about an upcoming event that Chicago's Black Business Network is hosting on July 18th. That's this upcoming Wednesday. How to write a press story that will get you media attention. This is an online webinar. You can visit us at anymeeting.com slash CBBN to register. Everybody's got a story. What about you? And keeping great things to yourself and about yourself and your business will not get you new clients, customers, or contacts. So it's time for you to open up to an entirely new network 
uh, reach out, get you some exposure. So let us help you create a powerful press story for your book, your company, your organization, or your music, and then we'll distribute distribute your press story to our 1,000-plus newspaper, magazine, radio, and TV contacts. This webinar features writing winning headlines, what's in your first line, keeping the reader reading, What's the whole point and how to get that point across to a reporter or editor? Your story seen around the world. It's about exposure, and you have to repeat this process because it's about repeated exposure. We're going to show you how to write a press story. We're going to give you the instructions, and then we'll do one edit and proof for you on that. Uh, upon your registration, you will receive further instructions on preparing your press release. And as time permits, because it's an hour and a half, and it will, we'll tie that down in an hour, we're going to let you share certain parts of your story with the other webinar attendants. So it's, it's going to be fun. We have a good time on our webinars. We've given a couple of webinars. But we've added a special bonus to this particular one. Uh, the cost of this webinar is $25. We're going to give away 50 commercial ad spots on WJPCFM Chicago, the soul of Chicago. We have close to a half a million listeners per month. It's this simple. You just send us your 30-second MP3, and we'll roll that out 45 times a day on WJPCFM Chicago. That's two weeks of advertising. And uh, you got your MP3 fine sending over to us if you'd like us like us to make it for you, then it's additional $25 because we have to pay somebody to do that. So there's a webinar, free commercials. That is a to our total promotional exposure package for you, and the webinar is next Wednesday. So visit anymeeting.com slash CBBN to register. I thank you so much. Let's see if the chairman has made it back to the studio. There he is. Okay. I've had all my say about it. I told him what I thought. Okay. Oh, yeah. So welcome oh, back to the show. Okay. All right. <laughs> I summed it all up for them. They know what I mean. They know what I'm talking would, about. Would I object to what you said? Would you what? Would I object to your comment? Yeah, you would. But um, oh. let's talk <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't hear because you and I would be going at it. Then we'd have to go on another half an hour about that, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to move. We're going to move on forward on that, on that note. Now, when you were on, when you were getting mugged by your people, you were on your way to the community conversation at the Hyde Park Hair Salon at 5243 South Blackstone, which uh, was or is the official bar uh, barbershop of President Obama. And uh, Kenya Renee uh, Fam, that's FAM Entertainment Company, was hosting a community conversation with Charles S. Dutton and people from the community over there. And it was very nice, very nice. And it was from 1 to 4 p.m., and Mr. Dutton stayed the entire time. I think I think that he did oh, an interview he, 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 the, the, the whole time. Yes. Oh, I thought yes, he was going to be there for maybe about a half an hour, forty five minutes. Stop this smoking! You no, know, he stayed the whole time. <laughs> um, Leave me alone. Yeah, stop that smoking. He stayed this. Yeah, he stayed the entire time. Now. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a very nice he's a very nice guy. Um 
Kendall Moore from WVON. WVON was the moderator, and uh, what happened was he talked. He did talk the first half an hour, uh, like Kenya said that he would. And he, you know, he talked about what the film was about and his experience in making the film, The Obama Effect. And you could go to YouTube and look at the trailer, everyone. And it was a good movie. We did see the premiere. It premiered last night, but it does start on Friday. Okay, and if you go to Kenya Renee's uh, Fam Entertainment on Facebook, you'll see all the locations where it would be at AMC Suburban. Uh, you can see all of those locations, and I may have the card here. I'm going to find out. I should have the card here to tell you the locations. I will in a moment. I found it. But the community conversation was they want to know what was the true Obama effect. I don't even – she asked me a question. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I answered. Because you know how people ask the questions – Ask questions and people never answer the questions. <laughs> uh, and so she asked, I think I did, right? She asked, Kenya asked me, what was the, what has been the Obama effect on social media? She did, and I did answer. Okay. Because uh, I started off by saying that, uh, Referencing some other things that people said, and I'll tell you what I, I'll tell, I'll share that with you in the audience. Uh, War Forte, who is a Chicago chapter under El Santos organization, said she had been out signing up young people for registers to be registers in the community. She had signed up over two hundred and something in the past month uh, to be registers. And she got them from all different places, off the corner, everywhere. And all these people were young people that she signed up. Uh, and I had a conversation. We're going to have a show coming up. Tell them at uh, 80 and over. I'll talk about that. But I had a conversation with an 80-year-old man. I sit there and listen to him about an hour. Um, and these 80-year-old men keep calling me because I'm almost 60 now. They must think I'm a young girl or something. They had these long conversations with me. It's so weird. But we're going to have a show 80, 80 and Mm, be saying, uh, 80 and over with all these old men because they do have a lot. They have a lot to, to talk about. You know, they live. They've had oh, a lot yeah, of experience and a lot of oh, things yeah. that we that we should share. And so he put yeah. it in my head that uh, we got a distribution distribution system that we don't use, and that's what I share with them. Uh, first of all, that we're disconnected at the mind and spirit, and we having some really bad issues with that. But we have a distribution system like Mo is using these young people for registration to go out and register people, the young people. She's pulling them in. We have a distribution system. This man, he said, we had the great, one of the greatest distribution systems in America. What you doing, Ryan? One of the greatest distribution systems in America. Uh, and they're standing out there on the corner. But the wrong people are lead, leading the distribution system. This was his statement, not mine, but I shared it with them anyway. More people buy fruit, vegetables, and food than buy dope. If you could redirect what they were distributing and get them paid, because we talked about this before, Ryan, it would, mm-hmm. it would be something that, that will work. We talked about this before. He said we have a distribution system. They're standing right out there on the corner. But we not using them and it's the wrong person over them. So I congratulated Mo for uh Maureen for what she was doing and that is our distribution system and, and it's something that we need to talk about a little bit more. But she asked me what was the effect of uh of the of the Obama effect on social media. Okay? So mm-hmm. my response is was um 
I visit a lot of social networks. I visit a lot of websites. I'm at this computer too much, really, really. I want to get out more because I'm so tired from being out yesterday. But because uh, I work at home and I'm talking to the audience. But I'm on a, in a lot of social websites, and we and there is such a digital divide. Period. See, black people think they know something because they got a Facebook account. Because they could do a little word processing. There's such a, a digital divide as far as businesses and people in general. Uh, there's so much going on out here, and it's going on as part of the anti-Obama campaign. And they got the money to do it. They got the money to plant people from so social networks. So are you that the social media is more anti-Obama than pro-Obama? Okay, let me finish my statement, and I'll answer that for you. So they have they have the money to do it, and they have the hate, and they have the welfare to, or whatever reason it is they want to do it, to plan to enforce their ideals and their belief. I can put it that way, to enforce their ideals and beliefs on the social media in huge numbers, to plant certain things in the social media in huge numbers where you do not see black people, you do not see pro-Obama. You remember we always saying that people have full-time jobs to do certain things? People do have full-time jobs to do certain things. And And I see it from social network to social. Some of it's hate. Some of it's craziness. Some of it's all of that. But some of it is planning, too. I'm not too stupid to know that. I'm crazy, but I'm not stupid. Because what, how it's planning, and we're not there. And that was my response to what she said. And you think they're not worried so much about the black vote. They, they're worried about turning that white vote, too. So if you keep planning it and planning it and planning it, and, then that's, and they don't use the term administration. What are you doing, Ryan? And they don't use the term administration. Uh, the government, they use Obama, he, he, he did, he doing it, he, he, he. That's what you see. They're planning consistently. They're planning consistently out there. And so those, there, there are a lot of people who are not political savvy. They're just average people, you know what I'm saying? So when they look, look, look at this constant feed, just like we talk about the media feed and black youth, the mindset that they want, but when they continuously feed this, and they have actually been feeding it to them the whole time, ever since he turned up, you know, they have asked, so they've had a long time to work this plan. You see what I'm saying? And uh, Charles talked that too. So through social media, they're they're getting to them that way. They just keep planning it and planning it. And then you install this belief system, and then you have more people keep planning it and planning it. And we're up, and I told them, I say, the fight is not on Facebook. They talk a mess on Facebook. That's not where the social media fight is. If you got to fight for Obama, you better go out there and get in some more sites. You have to call it, we have to listen to shows that are not black shows. We have to listen to shows like uh, Charles said, he told the book me on some conservative shows. I want to go you know, he don't want to be everywhere, everybody agreeing and nice and everything. You have to go where the fight is. Because that's mm-hmm. what 
stuff. You can't be up at Facebook. And, and I, I want you to be on my social media. We're not fighting up. We uh, Obama supporters. That's not where you need it. You need it out there on the political shows where they call them all kind of names and raise their hands. They know you're not listening anyway. They, come, they don't care anyway. They have the freedom of speech just like you do on your shows and all things you say about white people out there. But that's where you should be. You've got uh, all these uh, discussion sites where you are not. You'll go up in there. It might be one black or two black somewhere in there. It might be no black. They, either you two. Okay, they started it on the uh, Obama Effect YouTube page, okay? I said I was going to stay out of it, okay, uh, with the negative comments. I didn't put anything in. I held myself down. My girlfriend told me, son, you don't be doing that. I said, okay, I'll try. But, you know, that was my question to her about the, the Obama Effect social network uh, that is planned and they're pushing it, and they're using that to the fullest extent. Because they were talking about in 08 how the Obama campaign. See, Obama's team then caught them off guard when he used the Internet as they did, because he had a young team, you understand what I'm saying, to do to reach the masses. He had a young team then. They caught up with him, okay? Not the same thing anymore. They know they have to use it and how they need to use it better now, okay, to turn the tide and all the things that they need to do. So, so that was my answer to that. So what uh, Kenya did was ask different people who were there, who was there uh, questions about – now, don't ask me what their answers were uh, – questions about <laughs> – I barely know what mine was. And hold on to that for two days. You know I'm getting old. And, uh, you know, in relationship to, to what they – to what they did as business people and that type of thing. But there were dialogues back and forth, and yes, he was there. He was there the entire time. And then an organization, and I did not get the organization card, organization's card. They brought about 40 youth, and he went out and he took pictures with the youth from a, a CAPS organization. There's a program. Well, there are all kind of things going on out here. There's a program at University of Chicago for three weeks, which I think they took 35 to 40 students, young people, and okay. kept one right. weeks. Hmm? Okay. All right. So three weeks. So they brought them over there, and then he went out and he took pictures with them and signed autographs and talked about them, talked about his criminal background and told him, you know, what he'd been through, but, and, but he went back and made a change and went back to school, got that master's from Yale. So, you know, people can, turn, people can do other things. Um, and then we went on, and we stayed a little while, hung out a little while. So then we, that night we went out to Country Club Hill to AMC to the premiere of the Obama effect. And like I said, it opens up, and that was it. AMC Country Club Hills. So in Chicago, it's at AMC Country Club Hills, and this is tomorrow night, Friday night, and all the way to the 22nd. Crestwood, Fort City, River East, Gatewood Crossings, Yorktown, and this look like Shop Face. <laughs> show, show Place. You know, I cannot see. I'm getting my ass tested tomorrow. Show Place. <laughs> Mm. But uh, are you eating dinner? But anyway, no. 
are my dogs are eating. I just can't that just got in recently, so my dogs do have to eat. I have two dogs. Two mm. puppies, my babies. Mm. Anyway, so we went to the film. Once Wonski what's his name? What's his name? Love, what's his name? W-B-W-B-S. Yeah, uh, Mosky Love. Oh, Mosky Love. He was there all cool and calm and decked out uh, with the red carpet and two director chairs and the little signs up and everything. Looked real cute. And uh, he interviewed everybody who came in. And it was real a good turnout. What do you mean, real cute? What does real cute mean? He looked cute. That's what he, it means. He oh, was he dressed. I don't normally like men in, in light colors. He had some light blue pants, uh, kind of aqua looking or something with some white shoes. I normally don't like that, but he did look nice. He had on some nice jewelry with a chain, a little nice hat and the sunglasses. He looked very fresh. He looked very fresh. Yeah, he looked really cute. Good. Yeah. Okay. He very fresh. Please. When I see him, I have to give him your compliments. I have to let him know that you had some nice compliments for him. I have to remind him of that. Please do. Yes, he was. And uh, so he was monitoring. He was hosting the red carpet so that when Mr. Dutton arrived, everybody was waiting for him every day. They wanted to take their little pictures and everything. <laughs> Background noise, you or your dog. I don't know which one it is. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you or your puppies, one of you. Anyway, um, they, uh, he interviewed Mr. Dunnan. I know Mr. Dunnan had a long day, and uh, somebody I didn't even see at the other place. So he was at the preview as well? He went, to, he went with you to the preview? Yeah, he was at the preview he, as well. Uh, he watched it with the screening? He watched the screening with yeah. you all? No, he didn't. After he was in the lobby and took his pictures and signed his autograph, he came back into the theater before uh, the movie came on. They had a time very well because the movie started at 730. They came back. He came back in and he spoke to the entire assembly for a few minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, said that uh, he was going to Detroit, and he had to leave and go to Detroit because he was going to do the premiere in Detroit tomorrow night before it opened up on the 13th on Friday. So he's doing his job. He's working, he working his thing. He working his uh, he working now, his thing. Uh, as he indicated on our program just uh, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, that the movie itself will not be really screened nationwide until October. Is that still the the case? It is, but it's opening in six or seven cities these next two weeks. Mm. Okay. Do you know why uh, is was Chicago one of the cities based on is the hometown of Obama? You know it was. I'm going to tell you the cities it's going to, and you talking your phone, too. Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, Illinois. You work at my nerves. Detroit, Michigan, Norfolk, Virginia, New Orleans, Louisiana. This is going to be every week with you and them dogs. 
Philadelphia, PA, Houston, Texas, and Dallas, Texas. That's where uh, they're opening this next two, the premier locations for the next two weeks. What he's hoping for, and it may well be, and he it, he didn't probably just start hoping. It probably was the original plan that these numbers in these six cities, which I probably got, you know, good black people numbers, I guess, uh, but that they're not in none of them are small towns. Okay, is that get the numbers so that a major what is it? Entertainment group can purchase the film. That's what he's okay. thinking. And he said it. He said it. Uh, he said it last night. He said we want to get those numbers up because uh, that's where we going. That's where he going with it. Well, that's okay. You know, give me an understanding because I don't know what goes on and how it works. You know, but uh, I think it will because I think that people. We'll spread the word. You know, when something's good and you like something, you want it to be a little longer. You don't want because I think it's only an hour and some movie. You know what I'm saying? But when something, hour something, what you mean? An hour something? Hour half an hour or hour forty five minutes? Hour fifteen minutes? Well, Ron, I don't exactly remember an hour and what, but it didn't seem like it was an hour and a half to me. It didn't seem that long to me. I would say an hour and 15 minutes. It didn't seem very, very long to me. It could have been an hour and a half. But uh, it seems short because when, when you like something and you're enjoying it, you know, you feel a little bit of disappointment when uh, it's over. You want it to be longer. Dang, you know, that could have been longer. You know, you could have movies that you saw like that. So that means it was good. That means it was good. And my girlfriend came out. Uh, and she was rushing out to the ladies' room. She said, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that was a good movie, <laughs> you know, because it yeah. got the effect on it, you know, and that's important. For it to be a bad movie, that would just be an embarrassment. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, it was it was, it was, was really a, a little feel-good movie, and we don't have, as a black people, a lot of feel-good movies that, you know, you feel good. You know when you leave out and Cat Win. I am a Cat Wins fan, and he did his thing and what you know Cat can do and talk a bunch of bunch of stuff and he did and he did it very 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 well. So you will not be disappointed in Mr. Cat Wins' performance because uh, he did his little dialogue things and he did it and he was funny and it was good. It was good. So you can look at the trailer on YouTube.com. Uh, just Google the Obama effect. Put your uh, put the movie. If you went to the premiere last night or when you go to the movie this past couple of weeks, you know, they should pay me. When you go to the movies the next couple of weeks, put your comments in on YouTube to counteract those negatives and wash that out, okay? So that people, it, it is some good things in that movie, Okay. Uh, any questions? Mr. So, Carl? what do you think that the? Um, uh, I mean, to the point that the movie is going to come out nationwide in October. What type of Obama effect do you think it will have? Do you think that it will influence the election, or is this a movie? I think it will influence the election as far as the black race goes. I think. That um, 
the people, I guess you can call them the Republican Party, you can call them whoever you want to call them, um, did not anticipate uh, this happening. I don't think the Obama administration could did could have did better than to put a film out. <laughs> I don't think they could have did better. They could do it. It wouldn't look right if they did it. And we don't know. Maybe they did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think you could uh, you could uh, do better to put a film out. You couldn't put a you couldn't put a movie out about Bush like this. Well, you know, there was a movie. I did enjoy the movie uh, W uh, on George Bush, The the Sign. I did enjoy that movie, but it did have a negative effect on him. But even though it had a negative effect on him, it still was a good movie. Uh, I don't, you know, and so even when we asked Charles Dutton, did he consult the White House when he made that movie? He said no. And I, on the movie W about George Bush, uh, they indicated that they did not consult George Bush upon making that movie. These people know so, everything goes. You know they talk to them people. You know they talk to them people up there in Washington when they made that movie. Now, you don't know everything you hear just because somebody tells you that. Now, do you? Well, I mean, they said they did not. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Well, I don't mm-hmm. believe everything I hear. But anyway, you wouldn't want to say that you were in collaborations with the Obama campaign, now, would you? Well, in a way, he did indicate it. You know, he was very upfront, and when he was on our program, he did say that it was a strategic strategy and making a movie. He did say that initially the movie was come out in October, I mean, sometime in 2009, but as things developed, he had a focused target to have the movie to come out in October in order to have a real Obama effect. Mm-hmm. No. So there was some strategy. Now, if he consulted the White House, uh, or the Obama campaign, but I do tend to agree with you that there had to be some form of communication or the White House or David Axelrod had to know about it and know that it will influence the uh, the effect of the election. And he did not apologize to it. And he did indicate that uh, more stuff needs to be done with uh, the movie industry when it relates to politics, you know, to influence the general public. So he did not deny that uh, scenario, which and I you think is good. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter over there feeding his dogs or something. And I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. You know, if he's not painting something, cooking something with a microwave going off, walking down the street, uh, but I don't know what else, he's doing something. Now it's the dogs. 
I'm telling you, Sonia. <laughs> How many shows? Well, Sonia, what can I say? The, the convenience of the uh, our radio program, the internet, the uh, the, the cell phones, uh, we definitely have to take advantage of. We have to take advantage of. Uh, I'm sorry that my dogs cannot speak in clear English so that they can get involved in this conversation. But right now they're eating, so they really won't be bothered with the program. <laughs> and what type of mutts are these that you have? Um, German Shepherd and Lab Mix. They look more like German Shepherd. They are about four weeks old. And they are very, they are my baby. So I'll be glad when you come mm. over to visit. Ugh. So you can mm, understand the love and the joy of man's best friend. Even though mm. man's best friend is supposed to be man's spouse or man's woman, you know. But I'm absent in that category. <laughs> you and millions of others. So that's why there's an overpopulation of. Dogs in the world, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a dog person. People, I'm just absolutely not. That's that's the reason, people. It's loneliness. That's the reason. I'd rather be lonely. That's the reason why you see all of these people. I live in Rogers Park in Chicago, Illinois. It's just like three million dogs up in this place because people can't have relationships. They fail <laughs> So they get along with these dogs that can't talk back to them. <laughs> right. The dogs cannot talk back. They generally do what you say. They don't have a long attitude. They will get an attitude, but the attitude won't be long. You come home, they jump on you, they show you love and affection. Uh, all they ask for you to do is pat them on the head and feed them. That's all they do. They don't get into all the drama of a relationship. <laughs> I'm not that's against relationships. That's what but it is. They, can't change yeah. their relationship. So they go out getting all these dogs, and it's like three million up in Rogers Park. They In the morning, they walk in their dogs, and in the evening, they walk in their dogs instead of having a relationship. <laughs> Why deal with that. all that drama if you don't have to? If your mate will be like a man's best friend, then a mate would be good. Now, I ain't got nothing against me. I'm, I'm looking for a relationship only if they can put up with my dogs. If they can't put up with my dogs, then I'm just going to have to be a lonely bachelor for the rest of my days. Well, you know, I got these theories about dogs. I feel sorry for dogs. I really do. Because any fool can go and get a dog. I just feel so sorry for him. Just like anybody could have a baby almost, you know. Well, I you know, so I went online. Oh. Yeah. Well, I did go online and, you know, on LL chat. And I went into this, I, I just started looking and I seen this chat. It says, dogs. And so I said, oh, this will be interesting. Maybe I'll learn something about my dogs going into this chat. <laughs> And I go up to the answer and say, hmm, maybe I learned something about dogs, you know, how to take care of them. And I found out they were talking about the other type of dogs. I said, oh, I'm in the wrong dog room. They're talking <laughs> oh, about were, human man. dogs. I thought this was about dogs. <laughs> Y'all talking about men being dogs. I said, oh. Oh, you got out of there, did you? Oh, my goodness, grief. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. 
He done went into shock. His phone done dropped. We're going to go take a, a break. He's in the back wall, uh, Street, USA. And next week, uh, we're got, well, what we're probably going to do is call in the office again. And maybe I'm going to prepare for a little show a little bit better so that you won't have to meet, hear me and Ryan fight and talk about our dogs, talk about his dogs, or talk about male dogs. We're going to take another break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to WJPCFN Chicago's Community Affairs Calendar, powered by Chicago's Black Business Network. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. WJPC-FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago, salutes Ms. Sandra Bivens, Executive Director of the 51st Street Business Association in Chicago, for her continued commitment to the economic and cultural development of the Bronzeville Historical District. As a pillar in the community and youth advocate, Ms. Bivens has assured the positive growth and maintenance of the Bronzeville community. To donate money or volunteer, go to 51ststreetchicago.webley.com. Sandra Bivens, bringing Bronzeville into the forefront of urban living. Once again, you may visit them at 51ststreetchicago.webley.com. The Soul of Chicago, WJPCChicago.com. For true inspiration, check out singer, songwriter, and radio personality, Sylvia Fedrick. Sylvia, your sister under God's construction, brings to you her best in Christian contemporary gospel tunes. And they are available for download at www.sangseal.com. That's S-A-N-G-S-Y-L dot com. Or you can visit her profile at Chicago Black Business Network. For bookings, call Sassy Michelle at 512-914-4221. Want to learn the secrets of the wealthy? Do you think that the wealthy sell their gold and silver, or do they buy gold and silver? Learn to create wealth, collect wealth, and preserve wealth for you and future generations. Find out how you can acquire free silver every month. Visit goldandsilverplan.com. That's goldandsilverplan.com. What you don't know can keep you struggling financially. What you know can change your life. Be in the know. Visit goldandsilverplan.com today. Wouldn't you just like to feel clean again? In Chicago and surrounding areas, Unique Towel Cleaning Service is the best cleaning service. We do basic cleaning and super cleaning, offices and apartment buildings. We will even clean your barber shop, your beauty shop, your spa or restaurant's towels and aprons. Call Unique Towel Cleaning Service at 773-484-5027. Ask us about our very special offer for our new clients. Call us at 773-484-5027 today. And feel clean again. Be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Team up with a company voted the 57th most promising by Forbes. With no money to collect from your customers, no credit checks, and no cost for you to join. Visit electricmoneyteam.com. 773-980-9288. That's electricmoneyteam.com. 773 773- Nine eight zero nine two eight eight. Bad credit can cost you. Did you know that banks, landlords, and even employers may check your credit? 
and a poor credit score can cost up to $250,000 in interest and fees over your lifetime. The good news is that the Chicago Credit Building Coalition, a community partnership of 11 nonprofit organizations and city, offers free financial training, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and access to the right financial tools. Call Regina Banks at 773-706-8915. That's 773-706-8915 today and build the credit you deserve. Just a little bit about who we are. Chicago's Black Business Network is a grassroots business-to-business -business service designed to assist the individual business owner in his or her efforts to reach the next level of service and growth in the marketplace. It is our goal to provide a platform for businesses to connect across the city and the country. This is where you create relationships that are designed to take your business to the next level of success. Chicago's Black Business Network is growing. We now have 800-plus members, and it is our mission to plant the seeds and provide the tools for growth to each of our members. Visit us today, www.chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder. We're the soul of Chicago, WJPC. Partners in Community Building focuses on credit building, financial literacy, and homeownership for residents throughout Chicago and Illinois. All of our services are free. Call 312-328-0873 to get additional information on our homeownership counseling, rental assistance, Cook County foreclosure mediation, and small accessible repairs for seniors programs. PCIB is a HUD-certified nonprofit counseling agency committed to addressing the housing needs of all people. Call 312-328-0873 to schedule an appointment or visit us at www.pcibchicago.org. Somewhere a child is waiting. Somewhere a child is waiting for you and Unity Parenting and Counseling makes it possible for that child to be connected with his new family. Unity Parenting and Counseling will help you through the application process, training, and certification. Call Brenda Weatherspoon today at 312-455-0007 to be connected at the heart. Call 312-455-0007 today so that each day that child is closer to home. The Soul of Chicago, WJPCChicago.com. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal, and Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, asking ourselves the tough questions dot com. Um, Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book One Twenty Ten. The website is asking ourselves the tough questions dot com. And I'm Mr. Carter's co host for this segment. I want to remind you of an upcoming event, our webinar on July 18th. Go to anymeeting.com. We're going to have a webinar on writing your own press release, how to write a press story that will get your media attention. Everybody has a story, and so do you. Let us help you create a powerful press story for your book, company, organization, or your, your music, and then we'll distribute that 
Press Story to our database of 1,000-plus newspapers, magazines, radio, and TV database. Now, uh, we added a bonus to that. We're going to give away 50 commercial ad spots on WJPC-FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago. You can listen at www.wjpcchicago.com. Now, we won't get that commercial made for you, but we'll, you know, charge a small fee for that. But go over to anymeeting.com slash CBBN. The seminar is $25. Get the free commercial ad spaces. Send us your MP3, and we'll get all this exposure rolled out for you. And I promise next week, people, I promise, I promise, I promise, we will have guests. You won't have to listen to me and Ron Carter disagree about every, every point. Tell them what's going on with the newspaper, Ron Carter. What's going on with South Street Journal? Well, we are looking forward to, we had had an interesting meeting uh, today. Matter of fact, that's when I was in, in route coming back on, getting on the radio program that uh, the South Suburbs want to do two things. They want to establish an office for South Street Journal in the South Suburbs, and they also want to establish an office for a Black Wall Street of South Suburbs. So those are two things that's happening where we want to have a, a communication between the business growth of black businesses in Chicago and South uh, Suburbs. There's a mall that's on 184th and Halston, where we are engaging in, this mall is about uh, 60 stores. And in these 60 stores, there are um, maybe about, uh, ooh, it's about 80% vacant. And so the managers of the stores, uh, of the mall, want to establish that mall as a black Wall Street district. And in doing so, they understand what they have to do is to get the word out. So they want to establish a partnership with Black Wall Street uh, or with South Street Journal to make that happen. So we're looking forward to that as uh, in which we're going to probably kick this off uh, with the South Suburban Office of South Street Journal somewhere in mid-August uh, 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 is when this office will be open for South Street Journal. So that's going to be a, a, a major task. Uh, Frederick Williams, who has been stating that South Street Journal needs to take advantage of that South Suburban base, and uh, we're going to do just that along with the uh, agenda of uh, Black Wall Street. So that was a productive uh, uh, meeting today. And as we are even getting ready with South Street Journal to take advantage of the Marcus Garvey Parade that's going to happen on the um, August the 18th. As you know, uh, August is Black Business Month, which it was kicked off maybe about, Four years ago in Texas and Ohio, it has not had a real uh, torch in Illinois, but we want to take advantage of Black Business Month with South Street Journal to uh, have uh, some very exciting um, penetration of black businesses 
in South Street Journal, building these black Wall Street districts, and at the same time, um, building the newspaper at the same time. So uh, I feel good about this uh, dialogue was in the South suburbs basically all day today, uh, going into each one of these uh, these shops, looking at the pros and cons of why this mall is the mall is not black owned, but it is uh, black managed to the point that they are putting with these uh, a group of blacks. Uh, so happens my namesake by the name of Rick Carter, um, and then another namesake, uh, no relationship, it's um, uh, Evelyn Carter. Uh, they are managing. They're not related, and I'm not related to them. It just so happens that all our names are Carter, in which we are looking at kicking this mall off with South Street Journal having an office there. So that's looking good, and at the same time, we are uh, building up the momentum to uh, to our Black Wall Street districts, where that's going to help uh, kick off South Street Journal as well. So things are in the process. We are a diehard movement. Uh, we're not going to stop, regardless of being moved by some young thugs. Wonderful. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with. Uh, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District. That's all very progressive. I do wish you the best on that, Ron. Uh, when what are you, you looking for the next? Wish me the best. Uh, wish <laughs> us the best. You're coming along with this trip, my dear. You're coming I'm along all, on this trip. I'm always going in the other direction, aren't I? Oh, my goodness. But right. where, where does, well, we're going to have right. uh, the South Suburban leadership, business leadership on the program. And uh, I can't say when. We just have to look at your schedule and see what we get. But we're going to, uh, they are aware of our program. Um, I have to give a shout-out because they did indicate they're supposed to be listening in on us. And uh, we got to not only help them listen, but to also give some presentations as well. Wonderful, wonderful. That's what we're about. We're about black business. That's why we're Black Wall Street USA. We're about all types of black business and the progressiveness. You know, Constance Howard was on this show once. And that was before you be, um, uh, you became a Are host. you talking about state representative Constance Howard? Former state representative. But it was before you became right. a host. Okay, Connie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Connie. Uh-huh. And right. she was saying, why do they Said there's no black businesses. There's black businesses. I see black businesses everywhere because we kept talking about a lot of different black businesses, but they're not brick and mortar like businesses. You know, insurance brokers working out of their home. You know, but there are there are black businesses, and I want to share this with you. I shared it with one of the young men yesterday. Have you seen this book? And I, I don't think I have the name entirely correct, Brian, but it, this is the gist of it. It's the Color People's Directory of Black Businesses for 1930. Oh, okay. Uh, Have you, you seen know, that? There was a book, no, but I did see a book. It was called The Blue Book of 1930. It is the Blue Book. Oh, that's it's what it is, the Blue Book? It's the Blue Book. It's the Color People's Business Directory in you 1930. You got a copy of it? 
I can send you the link. I'm going to send a link around to everybody because I was talking to Tori Muhammad. He's producing a book of black histor- Chicago historians, business historians. I said, well, Tori, you should look at this book. And I just read, I don't know, you know how you're looking for something and you run into something else and it popped up there last week. I had never seen it before. I may have, but, you know, I just don't recall it. You know what I'm saying? And it started going okay. through it and going through it, and it's churches. It's 154 pages. I mean, do okay. we have a 154-page directory of black businesses? If you take the churches out, it's probably not 154 pages because it looked like there was like 3 million of those also. That's my word for today, 3 million. It's a lot of them. But um, it was interesting looking at that, all those. Uh, oh, yeah. They was, they was doing their thing now. They was doing right, their yeah. thing. Right, yeah. Matter of fact, I've seen the original copy of the Blue Book. Really? Okay. Where did yeah. you see that? Matter of fact, I had original copy of the Blue Book. Oh, you did? I sure did. But, okay. you know, you let people borrow it or look at it, and it's mm-hmm. gone. And it's gone. You know? Well, um, but, yeah, uh, I saw it on the Internet, and I will send you the link. I didn't have time to go through it. Uh, I was rushing, but it was 154 pages. And so, strangely enough, I talked to Ed uh, Eugene Delanato a couple of weeks ago, even before I ever saw this mm-hmm. book. And I, he's putting out the uh, Black International Black Pages, Black Pages uh, directory. And I asked him, how large is it? And he said 60 pages. So, mm-hmm. for the Chicago area, 60 pages. I said, oh, um, but he does it twice a year now. So, and oh, then when I saw okay. this, and they, and they had 130, 154 pages. I said, something wrong with this picture. <laughs> something seriously wrong. Because you know I'm on them with them old time boys was doing. Them old time boys were serious, even under their own circumstances of what they were doing. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, they were they were more serious about what they were doing. They had not been. You know, they were coming up out that slavery mentality, and they were trying to go to work for themselves, whereas during the reverse of the 50s and 60s, they were telling us to go back in college so that we could work for them and not produce for ourselves. So there was a turn of the tide of the men, the mentality, of, uh, and then as a whole other sector was turning the tide in the mentality of us being uh, away from us being our own producers and our own nation and our own makers. And so that's part of the reason why we're at the point where we are now and not producers and just consumers. And that tide, uh, it will take generations upon generations to turn it around, and that's just how, how it's going to be. I think uh, Philip Jackson, you asked him the question when he was on the show of the Black Project, how long was it going to take to turn this around? I think he said about 500 years, and it's no lie. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's no lie. Once you once you get it all messed up, you know, what you know, how do you clean up a generation? People have all the. How do you clean clean it up? Um, mm-hmm. it's just, how do you clean it up when you continually feeding into the young people the same thing and continuously feeding into it? So I had this. I had this uh, theory of my own. Uh, he was saying you have to take the babies and remove them from these people <laughs> that they with so that you could stop giving them the same mindset over and over again. But so then what mindset do you feed them? Who determines what mindset you feed them, okay? 
but I have this thing about elderly people. Just because you old don't make you a fool, don't make you not be a fool, and make make you not be stupid. And old people need mentors too. They are well, you know, there was a elderly. Let me cut you off. There was a elderly by the name of Watley, and he called me. He indicated that he talked to you at one time. His name uh, was Watley. Uh, he was in the city. yeah, right. And he said he has an agenda, and he wants to share that agenda. And uh, so I said, okay. So I'll be talking to him. He's, I think he said he was 82 years old. And uh, he's ready to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're talking about Mr. White. Was that, I'm telling you, I've been talking to all these 80-year-old men. They think I'm think I'm like 20 or something. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> they, said, they sit on the phone and talk an hour and a half. What kind of people want people to listen to them? You know, I'm joking, people. Well, not really. But people want, they men, I'm a woman, and, you know, they old men. Uh, they want, people want people to listen to them. And they do have some stories to tell. Now, which one is Mr. Wiley? Is he with the farm, the horse farm? Which one is Mr. Wiley? He was talking about the lottery. He was t- he was talking about oh, a, a foolproof okay. system that would okay. get us involved in the lottery, that would okay. turn our economic system around. So I was supposed to talk to him Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must have gave him your number because I just passed. I just passed them on to you. But um, oh, you sure did. Yeah, I passed. I passed them on to you. But then I talked to this other eighty-year-old guy, and I have to find his number. He's been training horses all his life. He has a horse farm up in Aurora, and he wants to train young people not to ride the horses, but to train the horses to be in the horse business. He said people those. That's a millionaire make a business if you know how to trade, train, and buy and sell horses. That's a million dollar money make a business right there. So, and I have to look up his name and remember who that is. So I've had these people call me. So that's where I'm going. We're gonna have an eighty and over show because okay. uh, they got a lot to talk about. You know, because they they have a history, have a lot of things that they've done. They have their opinions. You know, they want to share those opinions also. Um, but I had this thing about the elderly. All of them are not as superior as intelligent as these men. And I haven't had any 80-year-old women call me. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as, as as intelligent as these men, old people need mentors too. Adults need mentors too. Some gone wrong there too. And have to change some of their minds and their mindset also. They need examples. They need to be shown that I don't care if they're 67, 80, 50, or 40, because they are a reflection on their grandchildren, great grandchildren, and their children of what's going on. Adults need mentors also as part of the issue. If you could change some of them and the way that they think. See, I always talk about these are these children need mental. We got to help these children. We have to help these grown people. What are you doing? All that noise is coming through the phone. Do you know we're on a broadcast? Well, I can't help the gunshots. I mean, if the guys are shooting, they're shooting. 
I can't go up to them and interrupt them and say, stop shooting your gun. Yes, you just outside your door. Uh, Sonia, since you must be so nosy, I am walking my babies. You're outside walking your dog? I told you it's the convenience of the Internet. It's the convenience of cell phone. It's the convenience of technology where you can multitask. I have something to say to the audience. Let me tell you something. It's difficult. It is very, very difficult. What am I just It is just very, very difficult. All of that noise going on, I don't know what it is. If somebody outside where you are walking your dogs, shoot. Well, no, it wasn't shooting. It's still leftover firecrackers. Mm-hmm. He's trying to clean it up. That's all. He, he, he just don't want you. He's trying to clean it up because he don't want people talking about his people. He don't want me going into one of them little tangents. That's all it is. But anyway, duck. That's all I can say for you. Uh, run for shelter. But well, know, I'm close to elderly age, and elderly age. We talked about dogs earlier, and uh, elderly close to elderly age. You need company. You admitting you elderly? Oh no. Uh uh-uh. uh. This is a first of time. The benefits of being elderly. Is that right? What's that? No quite. Well Well, I know it used to be the benefits that you get total respect from people that's younger than you. That used mm-hmm. to be the uh benefit. You know, where people would get up and sit for you or you can sit down and all that good stuff. That was the benefit. Well, mm-hmm. people still do that for me, but okay. Well, you're a man. They're not going to treat you the same way. People still do that for me. But, um, oh, well, Ron, be safe. You know, that's all I can say. But that's one that's one show that's coming up. I'm going to try and get the show together next week so that we are talking to the newspaper um, publishers in Chicago. How does black, how do black people communicate? And they're not communicating on the, the net and the numbers that will represent them and their opinions. But they, they are there. They're, they're there, you know. But they're outgunned and outnumbered once again. Once again, once again, once again. But then when we come back to it again, where and when and how do we get the understanding, as I was uh, making reference to, and I had this conversation yesterday, to the Black Economic, Black American Economic Independence Day and reference doc, referencing Dr. Booker T. Washington and what he did down in Tuskegee, Tuskegee, I'm using my voice now, in the early 1900s under totally different circumstances and the things that he accomplished. And not only that, I just don't know the history of all of your campuses, not trying to leave anybody out, because, you know, people get jealous and stuff. Uh, but Now, what is that? Now, you know, people get my jealous. My babies are playing. Oh, Lord, help me. How many shows have we had? Ooh. I have to pray on this real hard. I'm not even a Christian. He can make that pretty nice. Real hard people. 
So how many shows have we done together? And how many tasks have you done? How many shows? What, yeah, how you many, just have you know to what say multi, uh, what, what's two times 52? That's a hundred and, uh, what's that, a hundred and, uh, a uh, hundred uh, and fourteen or so? <laughs> you know, two times 52 is not a hundred and fourteen. He can add better than that, y'all. But anyway, we've been... <laughs> Well, it's really been over two years now, so we're I really know. in two and a half years. It's two thousand. So it's really over that. It got to be at least maybe about. Uh, uh, it should be close to a hundred and fifty shows. Yeah, I look to today. It. It's a hundred and seventy-one shows. Oh wow! Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, I like that. I like that. We came, you know? we came off, uh in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't, you know, it's definitely a uh, uh, a history a history mark for us. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Two thousand nine. You know? But um, I'm gonna have to pray tonight, people. I'm gonna pray. I really am. You gonna have to pray tonight? Why you gotta pray tonight? I mean, you sound like it's a Cause, special pray. Cause. I'm just going to have to pray for patience. <laughs> Why? Because does the patient come natural? No, it does not. That's mm. going to be my final trial in life, patience. Mm. That's going to be my final trial in life. I probably, when, I reach to, when I reach that point where I've got that, probably go ahead and croak. No, I don't have that. <laughs> I, don't have, I, don't, I don't have that at all. For anything at all And not for dogs out there Making noise while I'm trying to do A serious broadcast Not for painting and microwaves Going off and Smacking <laughs> You know no. I'm Are you talking about me? I'm have to I pray. think you're talking about me I'm going to have to pray Very very seriously Tonight I will pray tonight I most certainly will Uh that's what Mr. Dutton said. Well, see, it, it's been a long day. I've been gone all day. And as I was gone all day, my babies was at home all by themselves. And they're just four or five weeks old, and they have to get out of the house. If not, I'm going to have a major cleanup job. Mm-hmm. Are they trained mm-hmm. already? Are they trained already? Uh, they're just about. They're just about there, you know. Again, they're still babies, so... I have to take that in consideration. Well, don't let them dogs so I, get you mugged out there walking them. Anyway, don't well, let them get you well, I have to watch out because, see, I get these comments from young guys walking down the street. The first thing they say, are they for sale? first thing I think about is thieves. <laughs> there they go now. They're going to steal the dogs. See that? See that? I Let's think about to- thieves. Let's go back to the tough question that I asked you at the beginning of the show there. They don't make you scared, but they make you apprehensive. Is that right, Mr. Carter? Well, not really. They don't make me apprehensive. I think that (laughs) that was uh, things that do happen. Uh, I do take into consideration that uh, crime is, is more of a economic more than a 
position of uh, who is the baddest cowboy. I know that there are situations where people just want to see how much of a good criminal they can be, but I believe it's more of economics. And I know that those economic issues are more in the black neighborhood than any other neighborhood in comparison, even with the violence that is happening in in Chicago, that, that the violence is happening is <laughs> all the violence is happening because of the the economics of the community more than the uh reality of people just wanting to get a sense of how bad they can be, you know. So that's well, one thing that something. I look that's at. part that's part of it. The economics is part of it. But you know what? These people want to play half crazy. They, they, and I'm gonna say half crazy because some of, some are, some are really truly crazy and will truly hurt anybody. Some of them. Then you got a, some of them that want to play crazy and they know who to mess with and who not to mess with. Cause see, I play crazy too. And then you got some just don't know no better. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got some out there because I've known some a couple of these. Uh, mm-hmm. Who call themselves thirty, forty year old? I'm gangster this, gangster that, and they bad, and this is bad, and all of that bad. They still know who to be bad with, cause you know what? They don't. They live to be thirty or forty years old, cause they knew who to be bad with. Otherwise, they would be gone before they're thirty, forty, and they wouldn't be saying, "I'm a gangster, the, I'm a gangster that, I'm all of this, and I'm all of that," cause they would have already been dead. So they picked their people, they pick their victims, and I'm just not anybody's victim unless you just can sneak up on me, but I ain't attacking nobody and I ain't going to be real bad. I know who to be bad with too. Uh, I know how to walk the line too, but they are, they're not crazy, they're smarter, and they've been getting away with a whole lot for a long time, and they, and they walk the line and they pick their people to work with. You listen to Black Wall Street USA, and I think Ron and I have talked about everything and everything, and we filled up our two hours, and our two hours is about gone. I do want to remind you, too, we have a program coming up, Community News Reporters. If you send me an email at communitynewsreporters at hotmail.com, I can send you the information for that program. Uh, I hope you heard our PSS for the 51st Street Business District and WJPC salute to Sandra Bivens. Over there on 51st Street, go over there and visit Swaggers. They're doing a lot of things over there in that community. Everything, uh, when I met Sandra a couple of years ago, that she had on the table and in the planning, they have an SSA now. Um, so they have a little fun, some little things going for that community over there. They have jazz nights, which I think is on Thursday nights over there in the community. And she said they have a few more storefronts that they're working on over there trying to to get complete. So a few years ago, everything that she had laid on the table, her and the organization had laid on the table, seems to be coming to fruitation because it doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't happen right now. But with the uh, appropriate leadership, appropriate and qualified leadership, she has uh, demonstrated that uh, you can make things happen. 
You can make things happen. These are not overnight things. It is not magic. It is obviously extremely hard work. These are two- to five-year community planning, nonprofit organization planning, uh, strategic planning, and obviously she is qualified and has the ability to follow through and make these visions uh, come into fruitation besides just uh, saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, this is what we're going to do. And it takes it takes a lot of work. I know I've I watched off and on her, and not only her, her and others, and we'll get some more feedback there. Sandra, and I believe that Sandra has been on one show, and I'd like to have her back since so she's brought, uh, opened up a few storefronts over there and doing a few things over there uh, that was part of her strategic planning a few years ago. I'd like to bring her back and uh, talk to her about those those accomplishments for the community. She's she's doing just a great job over there. And <clears throat> excuse me. As we go um through our guest list and book the guests for the next week, we do want to reach out not only in Chicago, we would like to reach out to other community organizers and uh who and you know chambers of commerce it may be or it may not be who and look at what their plan was five years ago, and where and who have and those who have actually accomplished the majority of that plan brought those plans to fruition. Um, it's very very important that we understand if we start now, uh, in a year, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, you can make accomplish. You can make small accomplishments and, and keep building upon that. So long as we're we're moving forward, because you can't do it all by yourself. And uh, you know that in some organizations, everybody's talking and doing nothing. That's why a lot of things don't get done. People have titles, people talk, nothing gets done. But there, obviously, as the 51st Street Business District has demonstrated, are organizations that are structured and able to work together and accomplish. Uh, their three to five year plan, and uh, we want to congratulate and again salute Miss Sandra Bivens of the 51st Street Business District. Thank you so much for being an example for the community. We appreciate that. I guess the chairman is out still walking his puppy dog, and that's what he's doing, and that's fine. Now we have a couple of other projects that we're going to put on the table, and strangely enough, Charles S. Dalton and us talked about this, my Harold Washington project, where we're going to go out and film and ask people how do they feel, how do they remember Harold Washington. We started this project last year and uh, had so much on my plate that I could not get to it, but it's back on the table now. So that's a couple of other projects that are coming up, come, that's coming up. We have some promotional packages Call me at any time, Sonia Purdue, 773-609-2226, 773-609-2226. We have some great promotional packages coming up for you with the South Street Journal, uh, Chicago Select Business Network, and WJPC that will give you some great exposure and uh, some great marketing. We have them priced at some good prices because we want to come out in the beginning of August and uh, promote your businesses, in particular authors and writers as well. Ron, we're going to close out the show. 
I'm assuming your little baby, so you're a puppy dog. So, okay. Tell him what you named him. He gone again. His phone is not working. Him and his dogs are fighting. So I'm going to leave Ryan over there uh, to deal to deal with his puppy dog problem. I'm going to close out with a song. When I sung it, uh, let's close out with Ryan's favorite song again. He likes this song, so we'll play it in closing. Everyone, you have a good evening, and we look forward to you being back. And we're going to do uh, How Do Black Folks Communicate next week. And we're going to have some publishers and editors from some other newspapers here with us. Ron, are you on this line?
Y'all gonna say the words and you say them back. Are you ready? No matter where we go. No matter where we go. There we are. There we are. We're not just players. We're not just players. We're the shining stars. We're the shining stars. Spread this word. Spread this word. Both near and far. Both near and far. About just how black. Just how black. We truly are. We truly are. Take these words. Take these words. Across the land. Divided we fall. Divided we fall. United we stand. United we stand. Think about greatness. Think about greatness. Your history. Your history. Without my people. Without my people. Where would my people? Where would you be? Without my people, I would not want to be. Without my people. You've been listening to Black Wall Street USA, part of the Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. We'll be right back next week with Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District Chicago, publishing editor of the South Street Journal. Look for another edition of the newspaper to come out in the beginning of August. If you'd like to be a part of that experience, call us at 773-609-2226. That's 773-609-2226. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, author of Ask Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. I want to thank you for being with us this evening, and I promise next week uh, we're going to see if we can get them to walk the dogs early, get the eat early, uh, finish the painting early, and we're going to talk to uh, publishers and editors, editors of newspapers from across the country. Thank you so much for being with us. Enjoy your evening. I appreciate your time. Good night.